Welcome to this episode of Black Tree Dowers Madcast. I'm Gary Carr. He's Clay Sourteague. Uh Clay, I don't really need to ask, how are you? Because as a Penn State wrestling fans, um, the, the answer is unless something drastically happened in your personal life that I didn't find out about. Pretty, really, really good. Uh, a little fatigued. A lot of fatigued. Yes. But um, fantastic in regards to my thoughts on Penn State wrestling. So one, one thing uh, keeping me going right now, we're uh, – about 2.20 a.m. Uh, St. Louis time, 3.20 Eastern time. So a bit worn down, but uh, running on adrenaline at this point. One more day, right? One more day. of uh, We're going to really enjoy it tomorrow. Um, Clay, I think in the Facebook Live today, and I want to apologize. We had some technical difficulties with the audio feed, the podcast, so they didn't get posted as a podcast. But you can find the morning podcast on the Black Shoe Diaries Facebook page. Um yeah, I apologize for that. That was my fault, not Clay's. Uh, but I think on that, the point I was getting to was that I think we were kind of hoping for, I think we set the over-under on three and a half finalists, or three, three and a half finalists maybe, three final, three finalists, and uh, well, we, we exceeded that for sure as Clay dropped change on the floor. Yeah, the uh, the over-hit um, Penn State batted 1,000, as, as we said in our BlackStreetArrows.com recap, and the uh, Really had quite the session, which we're getting a bit redundant, it seems like, because my recaps are like, oh, that went well. That also went well. And occasionally, like, even in Penn State's prior wins in the NCAA tournament, like, out of six sessions, you think, like, okay, you're going to have an average session in, like, two or three of them, and then maybe two or three great sessions to put you over the top. And it's been pretty much, like, stellar throughout for Penn State. Yeah, I mean, just incredible consistency. (laughs) Um, right now, Penn State sits at I believe twenty nine and five in this tournament. Um, just absolutely incredible uh, performance here, um, and we'll get to it. But you know, just a couple other quick stats: uh, Penn State has about twenty eight, twenty nine bonus points. It would be seventeenth in the team race, um, just on the bonus points, um, and they've just been dominating uh, all all tournament long and really consistent. Because I think I think they've been right around like seven to seven and a half bonus points every session. I mean, typically bonus points slow down as you get into the tournament, and they're just not for Penn State. Yeah, fun fact, uh, Penn State uh, wrestling in two days at 29-5 has more wins than any Big Ten basketball team did all season. So, with a flag for the conference, Penn State. Well, and sometimes when I watch Big Ten basketball, I often think the Penn State wrestlers could beat them at basketball. Um, they could certainly beat the Penn State basketball team. But, um, well, they'd be much better coach. Kale probably knows more about basketball than Pat Chambers. But um, we'll move on uh, for my Pat Chambers rant, though I am correct. Um, and, uh, we'll get to the wrestling, which is probably the sport Kale coaches best, I'd have to say. He's not bad at it. <laughs> He's ser- he is not the worst. Um, and, you know, one of his, uh, top prodigies, maybe, um, probably looking at the second best wrestler he's ever coached, um, at the college level, Zane Rutherford. Um, he starts off the first semifinal against Brandon Sorensen, who had given him a close match in Iowa City in the duel. Um, and this one, uh, not close, really. I just want to say, like, we could discuss this all day with the top five wrestlers, Kale's coach, but um, if we're going David Taylor number one there, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think Ed Ruth would at least have a, an argument with you. And that's a, po- no, that's a discussion yeah, that's for right. another I mean, podcast. Okay, fair enough. But, um, They're two, three they right now in um, any order. Yeah, Zane put a whipping on Brandon Sorensen. Wrestled a 9-8 match um, earlier in the year in the duel. A lot of talk uh, whether Zane was 100% during that. Um, we still don't know. There, there are other things that – things get wonky in wrestling. You I think it was – But 
he certainly uh, kicked it up a notch to uh, steal a line from Emeril Lagasse in, in this one, um, earning the fall, I think we said, in 223. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he gets the takedown. You know, and I said this to you and the other guy up there um, in the press box when he did the fall, took the fall. Um, a, I don't think either one of us thought he was going to get a pin against Brandon Sorensen. And B, I think if I had said, okay, he's going to pin him, I don't think either one thought it was going to be, especially in the first period where he hadn't, you know, like really worn him out from top, that it was going to be, okay, he takes him down, he flattens him out, he works for, on a ride for 35, 40 seconds, and then he and then he sinks in a power half and gets pinned. I mean, I'm I'm literally 99% sure that that's never happened to Sorensen in college. Um I don't even know how many times he's gotten taken over on a power half in college. Um, I mean, I mean, that was the first set of back points he's ever got against him. So, um, I mean, just a really incredible performance by Zane. You know, I'm sure he heard all the people that said Sorensen had a good chance at him. And I'm not, I don't want to speak for Zane and say that motivated him. But, I mean, he really proved that that was not the case. And I was one of those people, I mean, I didn't think – uh, Sorensen had like a great chance, but you know, I, what I tell you, eighty-five um, percent. I thought Zane would win, so a fifty percent chance for Sorensen, and that was not the case. Yeah, um, Zane wrestled fantastic. If you look at his post-match quotes, um, there was one that he was he kind of opened up with his opening statement was like, "Don't have much to say, just got done wrestling, uh, wrestled really well, and happy with my performance." And that was just the extent of his opening statement. Um, kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, somebody asked <laughs> no. what the difference was between last time. He said. Learn some things. Realize that I can't can't um, get get complacent. Have to keep going and really switch things up. So uh, I mean, I really a few words, and then just went out and handled this business. Few words, lots of bonus points. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's just incredible. Um. You know, I, we're not really going to talk in the finals too much in this podcast. We'll do that in between sessions tomorrow. We'll break down the finals. Um. But I mean, uh. Things are looking uh, pretty good. <laughs> the, yeah. He's going to bring him a second national championship. Um, and possibly, quite possibly, bonus his way through the tournament. Quite possibly not not allow someone to go, um, not let someone not get teched by him. I mean, he's he's really incredible. Yeah, he's going to have uh, LeVon Mays there, the three seed of Missouri in, in the final. And I, I think um, if you, you were a betting man, the, the odds are going to be heavily, heavily in Rutherford's favorite, favor. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's saying. I mean, he's gonna do what he does. I will um, say there is intrigue in the fact that it's one of the guys that Zane hasn't wrestled, the elite yeah. guys that Zane hasn't wrestled. So that's always fun. I think that kind of sucks for Mays. I think the first time he gets ridden by Zane, it's gonna be. I mean, if you never felt that before. I don't. Conversely, though, there is a bit of advantage for Mays in that, like, again, you don't know. I mean, they're right. not even in the same conference, so. Um, Again, if he's gonna have a chance, and a puncher's he chance, if he's gonna have a puncher's chance, the, I think it's best for him to to come in with uh, a so, something that Zane hasn't seen before. Yeah, um, which is pretty hard. Zane's wrestled a lot in his life. Let's go to 157. Jason North. Um Berger kind of really slowed this one down and is a pretty decent scrambler. So a couple of those fringe shots that Nolf finishes against lesser wrestlers. He didn't really finish against Berger, uh, but you know, I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm being nitpicky here. I'm talking about a guy who gets a 13-5 to major decision win in the semifinals of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, well, we spoke uh, before this on the uh, pod that we ran in between sessions of Facebook Live. Uh, I think we set the over-under at 13.5, and they'll finish with 13 You points. did a good call there. I so, was high. Um, good call, Clay. That was a pretty good performance by, by Nolf. Um, 
I actually just think Berger's a very good wrestler. Um, I didn't think Berger wrestled exceptionally well. I didn't think Nolf wrestled ex- poorly or anything. He just, at some point you come up against guys that are, that are high-level wrestlers and you're not going to be able to just absolutely steamroll through them. So a very, very comfortable win for Nolf, uh, putting himself back in the finals. And this time he'll be a, a pretty heavy favorite. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to think off the top of my head um, who his matchup will be. Oh, Joey LaValle. Joey LaValle uh, of Missouri, wow. Missouri, yeah. Nevada native. I believe he'll be the only Nevada native in, in the finals, I would bet. Maybe in history even. I mean, I don't think they put out a ton of wrestlers. Um, yeah, good job for Missouri, by the way, getting three in the finals. And certainly it was a much better tournament for them than in 2015 where they had a real, real, real chance to win the tournament. Yeah, they're definitely putting on for the home state fans. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and there's there's a strong Missouri contingent here, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, Missouri fans have always, the, the few that I've seen have been uh, very friendly, very hospitable. So, shout out to Missouri fans. Best of luck um, at 197. Not necessarily, can't wish too much luck at 49-57, but um, a heck of a performance by your guys. Uh, Undefeated tonight, 7-0 in the Friday night session. I mean, that's impressive for anybody. Yeah. Um, so, let's go to 165, Clay, and, you know, the first two guys are pretty heavy favorites. Admittedly, this is one of the, this was really the first toss-up kind of match uh, in the semis for Penn State. Um, Senzo jo- Chenzo Joseph um, against Logan Massa from Michigan. Um, it's kind of weird because you know these two guys are in the same conference, but um, they hadn't met before um, in folk style. So you know, kind of weird. Um, and really, what a match it was. Yeah. Um- it's kind of an interesting dynamic. Uh, Masa came out firing, um, got an early stall call, uh, maybe maybe a minute into the match. I'd say a minute and a uh, half, against, yeah. Against Joseph. Um, and then the second period, uh, no, no scoring in the first, I believe. Or no, uh, takedown in the first, right? Two points? Um, Something happened in the first period. Got to take time, I believe, at the end of the period. Um Chenzo escapes to two one after only after a stall call is given to Massa for for failing to return to the mat. Um, later in that period, um, I believe two, recall yeah. Chenzo gets two and Massa gets an escape to make it three three. Massa starts the third period uh, down, gets out pretty easily to take a four three lead, and Chenzo just. Keeps getting at it, keeps getting at it, and is able to to get a takedown with about forty seconds to go, if I recall correctly, to to take a five to four lead, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember whether he got the, the ride out there. Um, Something good happened, anyway. I believe he got he got, got the late takedown, the takedown, the ride out, and then took a one point victory. And there's a couple things to take from this. Um, one change was good. Um, yeah, I mean he's not he's going to be able to wrestle with anybody. Um, I think the pace kind of slowed a bit. Masa's pace kind of slowed a bit as the match went on, and by no means did I think he gassed out. But no. just the pace that he, he was a frenetic pace for the, the first two minutes, um, where I actually had mentioned to to Garrett that I thought um, Chenzo might have been able to hit, get hit for a second stall call within that. In that first period, and the fact that he got taken down maybe even saved him from from that. But um, just a, a really strong performance, um, not putting himself in, in any bad situations, um, and getting that late takedown. And it, it also says a lot to uh, 
his performance of the Big Tens where he was able to come back and earn third place over Isaac Jordan and stay opposite Isaiah Martinez in the bracket. Well, I think a huge brought up the match against Isaac Jordan. I was going to kind of pick up the match too. You know, earlier in the year, um, I mean, he hasn't wrestled a ton of like super close matches. One of the first really close matches he wrestled was against Isaac Jordan in that duel in a close match. And Chenzo probably, you know, thinks he let that one slip away. Um, he's wrestled a couple close matches. I mean, well, he wrestled the close match against Martinez. A um, little different scenario with, with Martinez, but I mean, you look since then, he wins that close one against, um, he wins that close one against Isaac Jordan at Big Tens, which was a, for a lot more than just third place at the Big Ten tournament. Um, he he wins a close one against Daniel Lewis. He wins a close one in the first round of this tournament, and he wins a close one over Moss to go to the finals. Um, and I talked to Coach Casey Cunningham um, at the conclusion of tonight's wrestling, and, um, you know, he, he thinks that that, that could help him tomorrow against Isaiah Martinez. That if it does get close, Chanjo's going to have, and it, listen, and this is a confidence our, my Isaiah Martinez has too, obviously. The kid, kid, just every close match he wins. But Chanjo should have that confidence tomorrow too, based on what he's been doing in close matches of that faith, I can get the takedown at the end. I can get the takedown at the end. I'm very interested to see how that match plays out. Um, I think, uh, I know, um, you're not a huge fan uh, of him trying to get in the ties and upper body. Uh, I don't mind it against Martinez. I, I think Martinez is his best chance of winning is getting a set of backs in there. Yeah, which could happen with with a six point or four point move. Um, I would like to see him kind of tie up and then try try to go upper body. And even if it ends poorly, you go down swinging. Um, I don't think I, I think he can keep it close and have a chance at the end if he if he just kind of wrestles from space. But I think that favors Martinez more than getting the ties where it gets a little closer to even. It'd be interesting to see how much Chenzo can bulk up after the weigh-in because Martinez is going to weigh like 175, 180. I don't think he's that. I think he's going to wrestle like how big he is. I mean, he gets to weigh in. He gets to weigh in at 167 tomorrow. Yeah, I just don't so think he's got. I think five he's really closer to his natural weight around like 165. I would love to see what he walks around with. What he walks around that most of the season. Um. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, you said I don't like upper body and that's true, but I'll add a caveat to that. I don't really like upper body when you're the better wrestler because upper bodies add so much more variance to the match. And when you're the favorite in anything in life, low variance is good. But if you're the underdog, like Chenzo is tomorrow, we don't want low variance. We want high variance. We want a wide range of possible outcomes. Um, and so I will, uh, listen, if he gets thrown, if he just go upper body tomorrow and he doesn't win it, I'm not going to be mad at him. Um, because I mean, I think it's a good plan. Um, I, I mark can get thrown to his back. Quite, I mean, if he has one big weakness as a wrestler, um, he's he's prone to end up on his back. That's the one that's against Ian Miller when yeah. he ends up on his back. Well, but well, I mean, but I mean, he got thrown to his back um, um, last year against someone else um, as well, if I remember correctly, because that was the first time he got taken to his back. Um, and then you know, uh, Chandler Rogers gets him to his back in this tournament, the quarterfinals today, about two inches out of bounds. Otherwise, uh, Imar would have been fighting for his life off his back because he was pancaked. Um, so, I mean, if that's one week, cause that's it. And, you know, um, I won't be mad if Chenzo does it. Let's go to 174, Clay. Um, this was the match that, um, in my opinion, um, especially in the top half of the ways, I mean, I think people could argue that like a, the, like a Clark, um, Tomasello semifinal was more anticipated and I wouldn't argue that, but in, in the top half of the weights and the heavy half of the weights, I think the most anticipated final was Mark Hall's lead Zahid Valencia and what it lacked in scoring, um, and stuff like that, you know, um, really exciting flurries. It absolutely made up for intention. Pace. Yeah, uh, the pace was fine, the match. Um, 
for those of you who didn't get a chance to catch it, um, <laughs> the first period um, really was was Zahid just pushing the pace nonstop. Um, got in a deep on, on one shot where Hall was able to kind of sit the corner and get a stalemate. Um, forced stall call against Hall again, like one minute into the match. I actually thought that there could have been a second one. He was just relentless peppering him, but nonetheless, uh, got to got out of the first period zero zero. Um, earned an escape about thirty seconds, I believe it was into the second period. Um, took a one nothing lead. Um, a couple of flurries there in the second, but nobody getting particularly close to a takedown. Third period starts. Um, Zahid gets a, a, an escape about ten seconds in. Um, has about 15 seconds of riding time, so not really a factor. Um, about, what, 30 seconds left in the period. Uh, Valencia gets in on a shot, and uh, from our vantage point, gets in deep, uh, doesn't look to have it. Uh, get, Hall has a wizard in, and then looks to, to st- get back to his feet, and Valencia gets behind for the two. And immediately you see Casey Cunningham run up to the table to challenge something, and I would say neither of us really had definitely a, wasn't the takedown. What, what, was, what was being yeah, challenged. because I mean, definitely wasn't the takedown. He clearly had two. Um, from our vantage point, and even from the mat, it was tough to see what was challenged. And we learned only after um, the it, call. Well, it was even after the, after the call because when it first called, we must have thought it was locked hands because we just saw the one, the one penalty point. Yeah. Um, um, and you see that, but then it, but then it, was, it was when well, they went back neutral. We were like, that, wait. Well, even if they went neutral, it would have been the same. But you see that. Zahid had zero points, and then that was really tipped off to me. Well, if, if he'd have locked his hands on top, they would have went back to Zahid would have stayed in top. Did um, they go up? Yeah, okay. I believe so. I, I, um, I'm you got the one penalty point, um, and it's one nothing, and you start hear, talk, hear people talk about... Well, I would have said no, he, he would have had the two takedown, though. One nothing. So that's how we knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he'd had the two takedown. They it would have been it a 2-1. Uh, um, was 3-2. Three, three, it would have been 3-2. No, but I'm saying without the take. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I, after the replay, um, they ruled the technical violation on Zahid Valencia for pulling the chin strap of Mark Hill's or Mark Hall's headgear. Um, and I, we actually didn't know there was a lot of talk about the call and kind of controversial call. And having not seen it, we had no real vantage point of what to think, other than what other people were saying. Um, it sounded like most people were. It, it was an unfortunate call, and they don't like that. The call kind of had a big implication in the match, but most of them agreed with the call. Moving forward, Hall then has uh, a two-one lead with twenty-five seconds to go on the restart. Or no, three, yeah, two-one lead with twenty seconds to go on the restart. Uh, stall call, stall call against the clock back. So he had like forty seconds. No, I swear to God, it was he had forty because they moved the clock back when they waved the takedown off. He's got a stall call against him, and Valencia's coming forward. Valencia looks to hook him for an outside trip. And, um, no, you're right. I'm just like shaking my oh, head. It okay. didn't work. Yeah. Um, I'm like, and, know. and Hall was able to kind of get his hips into a hip into him and take him over for two inside uh, trip, an inside for trip, uh, take a four, one lead there with, with about 18, 17 seconds to go. Um, gives up an escape on the restart to make it four, th- four, or two, four, two stall. Um, gives up a late stalling call that holds on for a four, I mean, three. Win. That's what he should be doing. In this um, situation. And just a, a really, really big win, and it was very funny to hear hear, hear the fan reaction. Yeah. Penn State fans were um, very excited, and, and the rest of the fans in the in the, uh, the arena were were not so convinced. Clay, you want to know who was excited? 
me. <laughs> yeah, uh, Garrett was just screaming, screaming at you. indecipherable like words, <laughs> um, like foam in the mouth and everything. Um, so again, a big performance by Mark Hall. Um, we'll get into it on f- further podcasts. I'm sure uh, we'll do a recap of kind of a, a tournament wrap up podcast at some point, maybe coming later this week. Um, As Mark can win tomorrow, talking about we get him on the show. Talking about the match, because um, there there were some interesting parts of the match. I, I thought he looked very very good, but the call was correct. Uh, Hall, Hall was able to convert takedown, and again, um, move into the final. Yeah, Clay said he thinks he looked very good. I don't think he looked particularly super great, but I'm going to be honest with you. I think we yelled at each other about this. Literally yelled at each other for 25 minutes about this. Yeah. Um, it's I want to apologize to, uh, I believe his name was Mark. Uh, <laughs> Uber was driver. the Uber driver. <laughs> that listened to Garrett and I scream at each other for 10 minutes in the back of our It was car. two Uber drivers because we did it on the way to there. We did it on the way back downtown. We were screaming about because I was insisting winners win was the reason why Mark won. And the Uber driver agreed with me that some people just handle nerves better than others. Yeah, shout out Steven, the guy who uh, drives an Uber car for his career. Um, great opinion. Um, you don't know. He could be an investment banker and do it for extra money. You Don't judge him. Don't judge Steven. You don't know Steve. I'm just saying. Sorry, Steve. Um, up at 184, <laughs> uh, Bo, Bo Nickel um, puts in, I mean, his best performance in a fantastic tournament. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess I – yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, they're all, they all, they've all been so good. So it's like I was trying well, to... This was yeah. the best opponent that he nope. faced by, yeah, by yeah. a good deal. Well, Dudley's very good as well. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, Brooks uh, is supposedly the best opponent he's wrestled. Um, they're not down, I'm just saying. He's got some other good kids. But, I mean, um, he, I mean, how many times have I said in this podcast... But I think I say it. I think I've actually said it once per show. Like this is episode like nineteen or something. I think I've seen it said it nineteen times. I hate it when Bogo's upper body. I'm little, I'm not even like I'm looking away. I, I think I was like got caught watching the twenty four. Maybe I was tweeting. So something did he out. do it again? Was were the exact words <laughs> out, out of your mouth? Is and he I going th- to do I it again? Thought, is he going to do it again? Like, this was one he was always back. You go, did he do it again? Yeah. And, and my thought was, um, having like seeing Garrett look away, that he thought Nickel was on his back. And it was in reference to last year's final. Like, did he put himself on his back again? Um, only, like, ten seconds later when uh, Sammy Brooks was being held on his back for four points in eventual fall did I realize that, again, was, like, in reference to the first meeting between the two. Yeah. Um, but, again, Nickel gets the fall at the 101 mark. I believe it says officially on their, our brackets. Um, and moves on into the finals against Gabe Dean. Sammy Brooks was so shocked. Yeah, the the post match reaction actually from Nickel was pretty great. I uh, went over and picked Brooks up and shook his hand. Um, so nice to see that. But, then he pumped up the crowd. Penn State went pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just a really great performance by Bo. One uh, more Bo. If you're so for some reason listening, though, your dad listens. Shout out Jason Nickel, um, a loyal listener. Um, one more Bo. Finish it tomorrow, um, please, Lordy. Finish it tomorrow. Um, yeah, Bo, I mean, he's, I mean, he's gone, what, tech, tech, pin, pin, not bad, at a, at a pretty good weight, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, even before the finals last year, he didn't, I don't think he had a super great national tournament before the finals last year, I mean, he got to the finals, but he wasn't, like, super duper dominant, like, I think in the semi, it was, like, a 4-3 win over Nate Jacks or something, um, that's, that's not the case this year, and in, in a better weight, to be honest. 
yeah, he, he's been very, very good this tournament. And I think any potential luster that was lost from a Dean Nickel matchup after it's the loss bad. to Martin, which I think was silly. Um, we met, I think I mentioned two weeks ago that yeah. Bo Nickel was still the same wrestler he was before the match, even after the match, um, is completely back. And you could kind of feel the vibe around around there when you talk to people that's what, that's out what. on town or, or in the stadium after that, okay, we're, we're very excited to see how yeah. this matches. And I think there's a lot of ambiguity with regards to how it's going to play I have out, no clue. which again just builds excitement. Whereas there's some clear favorites in probably seven or eight of the other finals. I think Dean might be a favorite, but nobody knows. I don't think so. Nobody knows. Well, shocker. No, but um, nobody I mean, knows what's going to happen in, in that match. I would have said before this tournament started that Gabe was the favorite, and I said it on the thing. Here's my thing. Right now, who's wrestling better in this tournament? It's Bo Nickel, and it's not close. But I don't think Gabe was interested in losing. It's a very weird thing with Gabe Dean. I understand, Marsh, yeah. Where like scores and they don't matter because it seems like. Um, but what does matter is he's letting people get to his legs. He's had a couple of takedowns finished against them, and he hasn't seen anyone even in the ballpark of the quality. I mean, the best wrestler he's seen in the tournament is Nolan Boyd. I believe both of his, his, or at least the points that he gave up in the last couple matches were on reversals. Okay, but so he's doing so, bad things. Again, which isn't a good thing when you're facing Bo Nickel, but I, yeah, I feel similar with Gabe Dean like I do against Isaiah Martinez, where I'm not going to pick against him. You think it's like that? Somebody though. beats him. Like, he's, he's no Isaiah Martinez. He's a fine wrestler. Yeah, he's just a th- guy that could potentially go third place, first place, Well, last, place, last year place. the weight was absolutely with, terrible. With one NCAA tournament loss to Ed Ruth. I mean, the last two years that weight's been absolutely horrendous. I'm just who's the best wrestler he's beat a lot there the last two years. When he wrestled TJ Dudley in the I mean TJ Dudley took fifth at the Big Tens this year. The year before was who? Was uh No one good. was Nate Brown, I believe, possibly? Yeah. Um, who didn't who didn't AA last year. I mean well, or he took was seventh. But I'm just but, saying, I mean, and Nate Brown came out of nowhere. He was the eleventh seed. I mean, he he hasn't wrestled a wrestler like Cape, or like Bo Nickel in his college career. Um listen, I'm gonna say the same thing I've said all week. Or or not all week, but well, I did, but I didn't think Bo could do this, which is why I thought Bo was the underdog. But I'm becoming increasingly more confident as I've seen him wrestle. If Bo wrestles a smart match tomorrow, he will not lose. Bo has to lose that match because he's a better wrestler in the match. And I don't think it's particularly close. I think he's the more instinctive wrestler on the mat. Um, I think he's the more confident wrestler. I think he's got more positional awareness, and he's the better athlete. This hot take brought to you by... Well, do you know what else thought was a hot take? That, um, that Mark Hall would, wouldn't dominate Epperly... That oh, Mark Hall, take. I just disagreed. I was wrong. Strongly enough to 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 shake a hand on you have to shake Terry Brand's hand tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I mean that that you strongly disagreed. You thought it was a pretty hot take. I did. You thought it was easy money, and and it was pretty easy money for me. It could have been a lot worse um, for Epperly. You also thought that um, that uh, Zahid was going to beat Mark all year. You told me I told so you Zahid was the better wrestler in that match, um, and we're not going to get into it. Yeah, but we Mark can, still won, and that's my argument. But, but that's kind of my argument with Mark, though, is that he just wins. Um, and then, um, and, and Mark's going to win again tomorrow as well. He's going to be a four-time national champ. I've said it since the day he committed here. That's just how life's going to be, um, to kind of steal a stick from Dave Portney and Barstool. Some things are meant to be. Tom Brady has come back to Super Bowl. Mark Hall wins championships. I mean, it'll be a hot take, but, I mean, right now, but in, in 19, 20 hours when, when Mark's getting his hand raised uh, on an, after a 5-4 decision against Bo, Bo Jordan, it won't be so hot anymore. As opposed to, like, Bo Nickel being on a different level than Gabe Dean. No, he's not but on a different level. It's close. That was what was said. You, that was said he won't... He's, he's a better he's wrestler. A he's better. better wrestler. He's better. He is. 
he, he's a more talented wrestler and he's a better wrestler. I'm sorry. Who has Gabe beaten in his college career? He's a fine wrestler. He's won two national championships, but it's a super weak weight. You he lost the rest the of Nolan the rest, Boyd one. The rest of the wrestling world is like looking at the going to listen to this and and like I I appreciate that you have the stones to like stand by this because it's yeah I like, do uh, it's and I'm not the only one. I'm not. I, I think if you. I mean, listen. Gabe is a good wrestler. I'm not saying he's very good, and you know. He's won the trash championship. No one can take that away. Listen. So where do you think – where would you – if you if you had to compare them, where would you compare junior year – no, junior or senior year Ed Ruth – I believe it was junior year Ed Ruth to current Bo Nichols. I was not even – oh, oh, I thought you were going to say to Gabe Keen. I was going to say get that weak stuff out of here. Um, when Ed is engaged, engaged Ed um, – because I think Bo is the more complete wrestler. But at the same time, the strengths that Ed had were so, like, so strengths. Like, if you were to compare these to, like, a man rating, like, Ed Ruth's cradles are 99. Like, I don't think Gabe Dean was the wrestler that year that he is now. Yeah, but, yeah, but how particularly focused was Ed Ruth? I mean, I don't We know who Ed focused. is, though. We know who Ed is. But, uh, I mean, Ed, Ed's wrestled with that style his entire uh, career. Like, I, I just think Ed is just a generally lax guy on the mat. Right. But I mean, but I mean, I think day in day he, out, he, he Bo's gave, better. He didn't give Gabe Dean anything in that match. I think day in day out, Bo's better. Um, and that's the thing. I I I think Ed was a more reliant on. I mean, and Bo hits a lot of big moves too. But I think Ed was even more reliant on. Him. I mean, he he chased that cradle so much. Um, I'm not saying that's all he had. That's that's absolutely not true. I'm, but you know, see what I'm saying? Like Ed tries to look for his stuff, which isn't a lot of stuff, but he does it very well. But if someone can take it away. Um, which is hard, but Gabe did. Uh, he can lose. Bo has so. I mean, Bo has everything in the arsenal. Um, that's why I, I, I'll stand by. And you know what? Tomorrow night, if I'm wrong, I'll absolutely eat my crow 100. percent But if and if Bo Nickel, I, I think if Bo Nickel can can beat Jordan, and I think it's it's very close to 50 50. Um, but I don't think there's there's any clear gap. I mean. It, in it's not super favor. clear. I mean, I think it's. I mean, but I mean, you can be the better wrestler and only win five four or six four. I mean, I, I like if that match is wrestled ten times, how often are you taking Bo Nickel? Six. Okay, so that's. I mean, pretty pretty toss up ish. I guess I, I yeah. Toss well, I'm not saying it's not. I'm, it's toss up because I think Bo would wrestle Dom four out of the ten times, but the six he wrestles smart, he wins every time. Sorry. Well, That's just how I think it is. Uh, I, 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 interesting. I, Bo has the most unbelievable positional awareness I've seen out of a college kid this young. I mean, Snyder, and Kyle Snyder's better than I feel Bo like Nickel, there's a slight, pound there's by there's a lot. Um, for those of you who have, have listened to, I believe it was Andrew Quo, uh, uh, it's a basketball podcast, talks about dribble bias when, when evaluating NBA players. Um, we, we tend to rate players better who, who – Kind of have the ball out on the perimeter and sure. make things look good. Um, and I don't mean I'm not saying Bo's overrated, but there's a bit of a kind of in the sexiness that when you watch him wrestle, where it's like you want to think Bo's way better than I mean, you want to think Bo's way more sound than Dean and has more to his game than Dean because Dean's not as pretty necessarily. No, Dean's very it. sound. I but just think he's more variety. Bo has a lot more variety. I just think. Dean's a rock. Um, he is. I agree. I, I just think um, 
the way Bo does things tends to, to make it look better. I mean, I understand your sentiment here. Um, hundred percent. Um, you know, I, I always try to bet on the more talented wrestler. Um, and I, I, Bo is the more talented wrestler. Um, and if he wrestles a smart match, I mean, I just don't, I struggle to see unless Bo does something stupid, how Dean scores on Bo. Really? Yes, I do. I, I honestly, how many takedowns? Clay, Clay, the, the first take, Bo's given up takedowns in one match this year. Yeah, he wrestled a bad match against Miles Martin where look he, how much, like, he was for the majority of the in season. one match. And look who he's wrestled. But the look majority of the season, Dean has run through the same, these same people until, like, I mean, you can look at two matches. He didn't like, wrestle Sammy Brooks. Today, but, but, I mean. He didn't run through Jack Deckow, that's for sure. He, he should have lost this morning. Today. Cool. Um, I'm just saying. It's just, we people have said this before about Gabe Dean, and every time it's like, oh, okay. But the weight mind. sucked. The weight was bad, and you can't argue that it was. It was probably the second worst weight last year, and two years before that, it was the worst weight. So I mean, he hasn't wrestled anyone near the talent of Bo Nickel in that weight class. Not even close. You can't argue that. I just, I, I don't but see just admit any. that's right. He hasn't wrestled anyone in his college career with anywhere near the talent of we Bo Nickel. Wrestled that Ruth and beat him. Okay, so in the last two years, I'll rephrase. Um, and but like he's gotten. I think anybody watching Gabe Dean would say that he's gotten better in that time. And, I mean, it, it, uh, saying otherwise. I don't know how much it got better as much as the weight class got way worse. Uh, okay. It, hey, row that boat, bud. I'm, you're, you're in it no, by yourself. I'm in it. I'm, no, I, no, I am a committed to this. It's not, I didn't, like, I'm not even sticking here. Like, I genuinely, in the bottom of my heart and in the center of my brain, feel this way that if Bo wrestles for a match tomorrow, he won't lose. I just can't see it. I think it's going to be very, very close. Um,. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I, I think it's going to be close to the point where, like, both wrestlers could wrestle a good match. And, I mean, both wrestlers are going to wrestle a good match, and it's going to come down to... But Bo's never know. come close to losing when he wrestled a good match in his whole career. Well, Bo's never wrestled Gabe Dean. No, but I don't think Sammy Brooks is that much worse than oh, Gabe that, Dean. That's a really bad take. Sorry. Gabe hasn't been. Anyone that great the last two years? He hasn't. You're like, the only person in the country that well, that looks at Gabe Dean and be like, "Yeah, Gabe Dean, not that great." No, he's he's very good. He's very good in the same way that like uh, you just compared him to Sammy Brooks. He's very good in the way that like Jesse Delgado is very good. But like that's a really really ridiculous take. I mean, um, see what we deal I deal with on a regular <laughs> basis, people. Well, the, mm. you had the same kind of reaction to as I said when I insisted that Hall would dominate Epperly. Or that Alex Meyer would wrestle very well in the NCAA tournament. Um, all this stuff. Or, or that Thomas Gilman win a national championship. I said it all year long. Um, he lost today, by the way. Um, you said it all year long until you picked him in your bracket because... Well, Sergeant was out. But I, my point is I knew he was vulnerable to a good wrestler. Which Darren Cruz right now is. And has been... <laughs> Gotta hedge your bets, though. And has been since 2017. Gotta hedge your bets. Well, when Sergeant was out, I mean... But I thought Sergeant would be the one to beat him. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, okay. Um, and by the way, Thomas Gilman not winning that championship, which I'm more rubbing that into Thomas Gilman's face than yours, to be blunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, so speaking of that, um, let's talk about the team race a little bit. Um, cause the it, one that's not much thing. of a race anymore. It's, it's a race in the way that, like, Secretary completed his triple crown by winning by, what, 16 furlongs or something? Yeah, it's actually a really good analogy because, like, Sham, like, went out with him for a little bit, 
And he's just like, Sega Drive just keeps running at the same speed, and Sham's like, Dude. We're actually a horse racing podcast, people. Yeah. So, this is the second you, night in a row we've had a secretary analogy. You, you can come back next week when we talk down, uh, talk about Fleet Alex's fantastic Triple Crown run. But like, it's like, like Sham, like, like Secretary just like, keeps going really fast, and Sham's like, dude, stop! And Secretary just like keeps going. Um, well, we spoke earlier today, uh, Penn State currently has, I believe it's a 31 or 31 and a half point team race lead, um. It's a, oh, too many points for the um, outs. That's for sure. And, and when we spoke earlier, after the Big Ten tournament, we said we th- we thought Penn State was going to win the NCAA tournament, especially if Nick didn't wrestle. Be- because what you're about to say, I know because I know where you're going with this, and this is if Nick didn't wrestle. Yeah, uh, even if Nick, even if, if, if he Nick wasn't good, wrestle, if he wasn't good, um, and I didn't think. I mean, not to toot my own horn, I was good pretty call. confident that, that Nick wasn't going call. to wrestle. Um, but we we mentioned that. We felt Penn State was still comfortable because Ohio State needed to replicate their performance, and Penn State needed to replicate their performance for Ohio State to win. Um, and Oklahoma State just had to win so many. Like Oklahoma State had to to be pretty outstanding, matches. and um, Ohio State or and Penn State would have needed to falter a little bit. Um, and both of the each of those things were possible individually, and but they. Those two teams, Oklahoma State and Ohio State, probably needed both of those things to happen, Penn State to falter and them to wrestle well. And instead, both have kind of gone, particularly Oklahoma State, the opposite direction where Penn State's wrestling as well as you could possibly imagine. And and then there's been some letdowns for, for both Okie State and OSU. Though, to be fair to Oklahoma State, talking about this session, I think they only lost, like they were like 16-1 tonight. Um, there was a point at some point today where... where Garrett felt that Oklahoma State might win the tournament. Well, I was like, yeah, because like, I thought they – well, I had 0.0 chance, and I was, like, giving them, like, a 4% chance. And, like, the worst thing in the world in sports is knowing, like, being totally convinced you've won something or only to not uh, win it. Shout out to Atlanta Falcons fans. So is that um, how you felt at the end of Carolina and uh, Villanova when it was tied up? I mean, no. No, actually, that's not true. Do you know what? This is the God-honest, swear-to-God truth if I tell the truth about anything my entire life. This, this is the God-honest truth. I texted him after the shot and said Villanova – after Paige made his shot, said Villanova was going to hit a buzzer beater. That's the God-honest truth um, during the timeout. <laughs> He's a Penn State fan. Penn State pessimism right there. It just runs through. I just had a bad feeling because Carolina didn't deserve to win the game. They were outplayed. Um, and And – so I, I had a bad feeling. But I did think, I had, and I think you'd agree, based on the way that Villanova really tired over the last two minutes and kind of tightened up, that had the game gone to overtime, Carolina probably wins the game. So jump into wrestlebacks here since <laughs> you guys made it through our, our horse racing takes and our, our <laughs> basketball takes. A um, couple matches in the wrestlebacks for, for Penn State. Uh, Jimmy Golovan loses before um, to Kevin Jack 6-4 in the round of 12. Wrestle's Wrestle's great, a, a pretty though. good match. Um just a really tough opponent in Jack. Uh, probably four and a half team points. So nice showing from Jimmy. Up at uh, one ninety seven. Well, no, let's let's stay on Jimmy for a second. I mean, we'll we'll do it at a different show at a lighter. But I mean, we should take two minutes to pontificate and kind of eulogize Jimmy Gulban's career here, especially the way he wrestled this weekend, which was so honorable after uh, a really bad Big Ten tournament. Yeah, uh, Jimmy put in a couple of nice performances. Um, kind of hurt himself, I think, with with the draw a bit. Uh, although that being said, he was able to get Gasker in the first round. I was also thinking this that what if he'd like kind of done like what kind of was expected at Big Tens, 
He might have ended up like the 13 seed anyways. His draw probably like, might have ended up being this exact same, just like the unseeded guy instead of the seeded guy. He'd end up like the same places. I think he might have been a little bit further up because he was close to like the 10 or 11 range. Fair enough. But it still worked out with Gaskin in the first round where he got a guy that was kind of a bit of a lame duck out there with an injury and yeah. actually injured uh, medical forfeit out of his second match. Yeah. Um. But but putting a strong showing in and a really good performance by Jimmy just for the team. I mean, he goes 3-2. and two. He beats two seated wrestlers, um, and then even the two losses to guys who are bonafide national title contenders coming into this week, Kalazic and Jack. He he wrestled two good matches, and well, I mean was was in both with us in a minute to go in the third period. Yeah, particularly against Jack, was able to get a, a second period takedown and make things. Uh, I believe it was tied at three three at one point. Um, we went up three two, and then Jack got out to make it three. Yeah, he actually led at one point. Um, so. A good tournament from Jimmy, more than you expect, uh, probably expected. Uh, and from everybody that we've spoken with since leaving the arena, um, was pretty happy with his performance and the way he's going to go out. Clay, I'm not going to lie here. I didn't tell you this at the time, but uh, after Jimmy's last match, I started to get a little get a little uh, sand in my eyes. It's going to be a, a very weird not seeing Jimmy go. Like I got chills, and I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to shed a tear. But like, like. I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss the hell out of that kid. Like he was just like he just he was like a box of chocolates. You never knew what you're gonna get, man. And that like sadism is kind of neat because it's something funky and you could like to try it out. Um, <laughs> like yeah, I mean. But yeah. again, a good close to to Jimmy Golovin's Penn State career. But I mean, he always like I mean, he always showed class. Like you know, he never like uh, when things got rough, he never like you know kind of quit on the team or anything like that. And that's like I mean, admirable qual. I mean, not every man in this tournament would act like that. I can think of one 125-pounder from Iowa in particular who faced in a circ- similar circumstance of struggling would not be as classy as Jimmy Gulban. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know how much I can add w- with Gulban there, but just a, a nice career, and a, a somewhat fitting ending. But um, he went out there really. It is kind of fitting that he came like, close to winning but didn't. It is kind of fitting, actually. Um, let's go to one ninety. Let's go to one ninety-seven. Uh, not much to talk about here. Um, Matt McCutcheon gets the early takedown against Aaron Studebaker in the first period after being in previously very deep and not finishing it. So after the first period, he go, he's up two one, and you're like, oh, things are looking pretty good. He's up two one. He's been in uh, deep twice. Nothing went right after that. Well, it was one. I mean, obviously there there was a few a few determined. I thought. The one move um, on the edge where it was a six-point move. It's it's two two one. Yeah. And McCutcheon uh, is kind of trying to circle in from the edge and get caught and thrown to his back uh, for six points. And then he's down seven two. And I mean, kept wrestling, but but that's well, really tough really. to make up with unless you're getting back points and you're you're not likely to turn turn yeah. Stu Baker. And at that point, it was kind of like and. Obviously, you teach your guys to fight through it, and I'm sure Matt wrestled his heart out for the rest of the match. But it's got to be really tough down seven two. Like ah shit, like and not this even is mentally now a, a very very uphill climb. I mean, not even mentally. I mean, that's you know Matt. That's Matt's fourth match of the weekend. He's a guy that can struggle with injuries, and then you know to have to fight off your back too, which he had to. In that also, Steve Baker's fantastic on top. Yeah, he actually, his his two previous two wrestle back matches, he won two zero while riding out the entire third period. Yeah, Nez is getting to, like, fighting off your back. And because we both thought at one time McCutcheon was going to get pinned. Um, so he really was fighting off his back. That takes so much out of you. And especially when you're talking about the fourth match of the tournament. I mean, 
you know, now you're down 7-2, but you're down 7-2 and tired. Yeah. Um, up at 285, uh, a couple, a productive round for, for Nick Nevels after losing in the quarterfinals to, to Jake Casper. Yeah, I mean, he goes out there. Um, you know, not the prettiest win over Ryan Solomon. And I don't think Nevels is wrestling at particularly the highest wrestle or level he's ever wrestled at. But at the same time, he looks likely to at least get to his seed and exceed it. Um, and you know what? I think a, a sign of a good wrestler and someone in any sport is when you don't have your best and you find a way to win against a quality opponent. And that's exactly, I think, what Neville did, especially in the first match uh, of the evening session tonight. I thought he wrestled better in the second match. But he definitely did not have his A game against Ryan Solomon, in my opinion. And he still pulls it out and gets that first All-American. Yeah, we kind of touched on it a bit. Um, this is the first time in, in two years, two-plus years, probably going back to high school now, that Neville's has wrestled 30-plus matches in the season. Uh, after having the injury at the scuffle in his redshirt season and then missing pretty much his entire um, redshirt freshman, freshman yeah. season um, with the pectoral, recovering from a pectoral injury. So, I mean, th- that wears on you. I mean, if your body's not really used to it, um, I, don't, I wouldn't say, like, I don't think he's injured, but I just think he's, it's, it's a wear, it's a wear and tear. Slow down. Um, and I think you've seen a bit from, from Neville's, but that being said, he came in as a five. You expected him maybe to finish as high as three, but I think we both agreed that he was probably going to be closer to four or five. And yeah, he's the worst you can do is six. I mean, I have a chance tomorrow to wrestle for up, up third, to third, up yeah, to third. So probably going to finish about where we expected. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's. I mean, he's got to get by walls. I'm sure he's looking forward to uh, a rematch with Casper if he can win um, in that Conti semi. But um, so that's all the wrestling action for Penn State. Just overall, another. I mean. Um, I mean, even by Penn State standards, and uh, if you didn't know, Penn State's a pretty darn good wrestling team this year. I mean, this has just been so fantastic so far. Yeah, um, if you're a Penn State fan, we're scripting this out at the beginning of the first session on Thursday. This is probably about as, good as, as strong two days as you could have imagined. I mean, what match were you like, that's happened so far that you're like, we should have won that one, that we lost? I mean, I don't think there's one. I mean, that's incredible for a tournament like this. Um, so everything's going really well. Um, it's a little after three o'clock local time here in St. Louis. Um, Clay, uh, might kill me if I keep this going any longer, to be completely honest. Um, and I don't blame him. I can only talk about horses for, for that much more until you, unless you guys want to listen to us talk about like soccer or how good the sleep is going to be, uh, after this podcast, I I think it's probably about time we, uh, we cut out, get you guys out and, uh. Have some wrestling to look forward to now, about seven hours from now. I do a Pappy's Barbecue podcast with you. Yeah, that might have to be a special off-season <laughs> edition. Yeah, Pappy's Barbecue in St. Louis is, uh, I'm not going to say it's worth just a flight down just for barbecue, but I'm also not going to say it's not. Um, it's very good. Um, yeah, that's all I have. Again, stay tuned, Black Street Diaries. Clay, tomorrow another full day of coverage for Black Street Diaries. Um, we'll be live after the first session. Um uh, maybe from the arena, maybe not, not really sure yet. But at that point, hopefully, Penn State has the team title locked up. That'll be really cool. And then tomorrow night, the finals, 8 Eastern. Penn State, five guys in the finals. They have a chance to tie the all-time record for champions of five um, and really make Iowa fans mad because their record is now tied by Penn State. And so, if you're tight on time, they're five consecutive guys. So Yeah, that's got to be, uh, be something. Record. We're all about logistics over here with uh... – 140 enter 184. So. Yeah, they'll be the last five matches, so you can even miss the first half. They will. First half. A- ending with Dean uh, Nichols. So 
yeah, we're not advocating anybody tuning in at the end, but should you decide yeah. that you're just going to like, hang out? You like, shouldn't because the first two matches are two Olympic medalists. And then if you don't want to watch the next three, I don't blame you. But, I mean, definitely watch Jaden. Uh, he's going to cap off uh, a third title in his hometown. And then Kyle, uh, Kyle Snyder, um, you know, he's going to do the same thing. Um, so, you know, that's really exciting for both those guys. But that's all we have. Um, I don't want to tease it too much. We cut out something special coming tomorrow night. Um, we also could not, um, but if we do, it's going to be really cool. Um, so that's all I have, Clay. I- I'm 99.8% sure you don't have any final thoughts other than I want to kill Garrett. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Again, fun to be down here. Fun to be with you guys. Um, been fun interacting on the website for those of you who leave comments, leave replies to our tweets, um, even the bad ones. Um, <laughs> I'm doing most of the tweeting. None I'm looking bad. forward to, to the national title to, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. Um, so it's 3.09 here. Um, that's all we have here. Which means it's 4.09 on the East Coast. 409. We are closing 409. out at 4.09. Signing off for Garrett Carr. I'm going to take care of it. This time, I am Clay Sourtag. Peace out. Uh, I'm not going to let him do that because I don't want to jinx it tomorrow. I'm Garrett Carr. He's Clay Sourtag signing off the podcast. Um, good night, everybody.